Are you ready to find the missing link in your wellness journey? Do you want to learn how specialized women-owned businesses can collectively help you achieve the goals you want for your mind, body, and soul? Hi, my name is Dr. Kelly Alhui, founder of Orthopelvic Physical Therapy, and Molly Atala, former teacher and manager of Orthopelvic. Together, we are on a mission to help women know that there is help for whatever their needs are. From cosmetic tattoo artists to naturopath doctors, we break down different methods and treatment that women may not know are available to them by drastically improving their quality of life. We believe that no one can achieve the results they desire going down one path with one practitioner. And that is why we come together to collaborate. This podcast is for all women, especially for those who want more information on improving their overall well-being and would like to learn about methods and treatment and care that they may be unaware of. So let us connect the pieces of the puzzle for you. While listening, you will learn about local female-run businesses and understand that when providers work together to have a collective approach, we can reach the best outcomes for you. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back for another episode of Collaborative Connections with Orthopelvic Physical Therapy. Um, today, I'm very happy to have back on Wendy Warren, pediatric wellness and nutrition coach. So it is currently Friday, October 14th, and we are really stepping into cold and flu season. I know um, for our part, our family, my son is not in daycare. He's two and a half, but you know, he's outside. He goes to the park all the time. Um, he had a virus that we kind of all later got and then a cold back to back. It was like a weird scenario. I don't know. Tis the season. Right. And then Wendy, what's been up in your house? Yeah, it's super normal for them to have like really bad phases um, that can cycle in and out of sickness because when the immune system is down, it's really easy to kick it when it's down again. Um, and it kind of increases susceptibility to the next thing. So um, very common for it to be kind of cyclical in nature, if I could talk today. When they stop um, day drinking. Yeah, <laughs> because my kids have RSV. So I, um, yeah, my kids are just getting over RSV. Um, my youngest, 16 months, uh, had it the worst. Um, not anything like terrible, just really bad cough and vomiting. Um, my oldest didn't get anything in my middle um, he is definitely my least sturdy child. Mm. Um, he is now in the brunt of the coughing and vomiting. So mm. that's else. If I look a little rough, <laughs> or if I can't, <laughs> yeah, if you can't, if you can't speak as yeah, no worries. It's a little sleep deprivation. Um, I walked into the clinic this morning and was like, well, if I look a little extra glowy today, it's cause I accidentally put night serum on this morning, but, um, <laughs> it's all good. Um, yes, let's dive in. I'm super excited. So we are in it, but we can still, you know, prep because we're not kind of thoroughly into the cold. We're still kind of going back and forth. But Wendy, what can we do? So as parents, as adults, um, to prep our immune systems for flu season, I know I feel like among, like between my husband and I, I'm like the less sturdy because like, I will just like get sick and it never, and you know, clearly we share a bed and everything and it like never touches him. So he's like my sturdy guy. Um, 
and like will never like get a flu shot or anything and is like absolutely in perfect health. But so maybe he doesn't need to do anything stupid, Brad. But what can the rest of us, um, what can we do to prep our immune systems as the adults in the house? For sure, some of us are more susceptible to things than others. Like you said, my husband never gets anything digestive related at all. I'm always the one that goes down with the stomach stuff. My husband gets every cold that the kids Mm. bring in. Very rarely get a cold that the kids bring in. So it really comes down to um, susceptibility and and knowing that about yourself. And also there are things we can do as as adults. So sleep, as Mm. adults, we're good at pushing through that feeling where we're feeling run down. Well, if you're feeling run down, you have to listen to your body and let yourself rest. And I know that's hard with kids, but just integrate it into your day somehow. Go to bed 10 minutes earlier, um, sleep in 10 minutes later, do anything you can, um, lay on the couch with your kids. Just when you're feeling that run down feeling, that really increases our susceptibility to getting sick. Um, So it's really important that we don't push through that as much as we can. Um, and it, the same things for kids, uh, hydration, um, sleep, like I said, um, eating nourishing foods, really watching your added sugar intake and your processed foods. These really can inhibit um, immune function a lot. And sunshine, sunshine and fresh air is huge mm. as well. Uh, it's very healing um, to us. So things like that are things that we can do as adults to um, kind of prep ourselves for what's the fun to come with kids. Yeah, that's great. And then I think for people too, if you work, um, if you work in an office, if you're not, um, working from home, usually there is time with like a lunch break or whatever, where you can just step out and take a walk. Um, if you're working during like those peak sunshine hours, especially as we go through daylight savings, I think that's a really good thing. Um, because it's just so, uh, that's one thing I always miss, um, about maternity leave is like so much outdoor time. It was just phenomenal. Um, but it's not, I don't think it's that, um, crazy to, to work that in. And you're right. It is. That is so healing. Super good idea to maybe skip your workout for the day. If you're not feeling Mm -hmm. great, um, person, but it's really important if we're feeling run run down, skip it, go outside, get some sunshine instead, um, or even sit next to a sunny window, something like that. If you can't quite get outside. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Don't push through um, your exercise. If you're feeling run down, just get some, some gentle sunshine. That would be great. Um, so that's wonderful. What can we do? So for our kiddos, we can give them, like you said, water, rest, sunshine. Um, do you change the composition of like nourishing foods that you prep for your kids in the winter? Like, do you go for like more of the hearty stews and things like that? What do you guys do? Yeah. So, um, warming foods are definitely very helpful as we, as the weather outside gets cold, um, warming foods can be very good for the immune system, adding in, you know, certain spices like turmeric and ginger, um, these warming spices, um, Mm -hmm. especially in medicine, they talk a lot about this. If that's something that, um, someone's interested in researching, but warming foods, um, are really, really great. Keeping the body warm as well. Um, but honestly in the bigger picture, I think it's really important that we look at, um, the foundation before we do any adding supplements or adding anything. Like if the foundation of our kids' health is not, um, there, then you're just wasting your time. So like I said, sleep, stress, 
um, outside time, screen time, just these foundations really make a huge impact in the immune function. Mm. Um, but yes, warming foods, warm, um, you know, if you have access to a, a sauna or anything, just warming to the body, heating pads um, can help a ton. Yes, for sure. That's great. And then for kids, so I know um, a lot of kiddos who are in daycare don't have like the best naps during the week. And then they do catch up on some of that sleep during the weekend. Do you have like weekend recommendations or weekday recommendations for our kiddos when they do get um, like overtired and, and things like just not, you know, just not the same quality of sleep because you're not at home? Yeah, uh, totally. Um, I think you can I think it would be best to pull the bedtime a little earlier on daycare days, maybe 30 minutes earlier. Um, I think that would be really, really helpful, but it's important to make sure that your bedtime and sleep amounts are appropriate for your child. So mm -hmm. a quick Google search can really help you with what time your bet, your child will best fall into a deep sleep because that sleep as you, as they go to bed to midnight is a really deep sleep and it's a very important time. So mm -hmm. the earlier is always really helpful. So for instance, on a day that your child is at daycare and you know they didn't sleep well or didn't sleep at all, pull the bedtime a little earlier. Um, even by 30 minutes can can help a lot. So their overall sleep amount is still falls in the recommended amount. That's a great call. I like that a lot. And then um, just a little aside about this that I'm super passionate about. I think a lot of people don't realize um, that for our preteens, that their sleep, uh, their necessary sleep amount is actually really similar to our little guys. So if you have somebody in like the nine to 12 year old range, they actually do need like nine to 11 hours of sleep. Some kids will need a, a solid yeah. 12. They'll need like a seven to seven. Um, and I know it's hard as we get into like middle school era and everyone's friends are staying up late and everything, but that is a huge thing we can do this cold and flu season. If you have, um, you know, a preteen and a child in that range and sometimes, and we all have different sleep needs too. And you kind of know what your child needs. Um, but yeah, just making sure that we have like turning the Wi-Fi off and things like that can be, can be really helpful, um, yeah. for our little ones. I think uh, that's a good point as well to make sure the sleep environment is, um, conducive to sleep. So definitely turning off the Wi-Fi, no nightlights or anything. I know I like my seven, my almost seven year old is obsessed with nightlights, but I say no, because I know it's not going to allow him to get into that deep sleep that he needs mm. before mid. So no nightlights, um, as black as possible with a fan on, um, a sound machine is totally acceptable. My almost seven year old still has one. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, yeah, no like beaming lights from anything like uh, toys or anything like that. So just make it as black as possible, cool, good airflow with a fan and a sound machine. Um, and it will help a lot. I love that. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I can't believe we're on the cusp of daylight savings too. I just don't even know like where I am, who I am. I, they're phasing it out, right? I think it's like as a nation, we're phasing it out or something. I, I hope so because I just... <laughs> As, as like when I was, when I didn't have kids, I didn't care, you know, and then sure. you have kids, totally messes up everything. And you're yep. like, why is this a thing? Why? So yeah, um, I think the fall one is a little easier um, for older babies, like my 16 month old, but the spring one where we like lose an hour is wild. wild. Yes. Yeah. My son was really good. Um, when he was younger, like a younger baby, I feel like it's even like a little bit harder as he's gotten older, but ugh, yeah, we can get through it. Parents, we can do it. 
Um, so yeah, so I love this, that really kind of working on the foundation of our kids' health is so important. And I think, well, clearly it's fall now, but something, um, I really love getting so much, I know you can't really store sunshine, but you kind of can over the summer, like really boosting those, um, stores and getting kids outside. Um, especially with like, um, if you're like traveling or doing vacations or anything like that, um, making sure that we're like eating quality foods, even when we're traveling and stuff like that, which a lot of times is a lot cheaper to like pack if you're going on a road trip than like stop somewhere gross anyway. And those actually, I find those kind of like little things and we can do it too. Like if we're traveling for Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever, um, you know, packing some food to take with your kids and make sure we're hydrating a lot on road trips and stuff like that can help you from, and keeping that consistent rest as a parent too, can keep you from like getting into that place where you're making yourself more susceptible. Yeah. Um, like you said, the foundation really has to be there. So like a lot of people ask me about supplements, like, can I give my kid this to boost their immune system or this? To boost you're, you're really just throwing your money, uh, away if the foundation isn't there. And so that's like with my people that I work with, if the foundation isn't there, you're not going to get any supplements recommendations from me. Now, mm-hmm. if you're doing everything really well with their eating and their hydration and their rest and their environment, then we can start adding in a little bit of targeted supplementation. Um, but without that foundation there, you're just pooping out supplements. It's really, there's no point, um, in taking them at all. And, um, yeah. So there are definitely some targeted things that you can take, but the foundations have to be there and, yeah. and um, the routine. I think you mentioned routine. Mm-hmm. I think they really important for kids too. They really like routine. Yeah. Who doesn't? Um, so what should we do when we, so let's say, um, we've been working really well on our health foundation. We've been sleeping, getting outside, um, you know, limiting screens and blue light and all that kind of stuff with our little bubbas. And then, you know, it's just, it's winter and they get sick. Um, what are our first lines of defense? What would you recommend? So first of all, kids are going to get sick. There's nothing wrong with it. It's extremely normal. Kids are going, like I mentioned in the beginning, they will get sick in a cyclical nature too. You'll find that it's like never ending and then you'll have a few months with nothing. And it's just the way that it is. Um, It's very normal. It's very important to development for kids, not only physical immune system development, but also behavioral. And you'll notice growth spurts after a good bout of illness. Like these things are there for a reason. We have to accept it and, and embrace it and look at it as healing um, and growth for our immune systems. And so we must start first, we must not suppress these symptoms. So Mm. if there's a fever, if there's coughing, if there's runny noses, if there's vomiting, if there's diarrhea, these are things that are there for a reason, very important things to expel things from the body and to help the immune system, especially with a fever. It's extremely important not to suppress a fever. Um, And I know it's really hard not to want to because we get anxiety when our kids are sick. It's, it's anxiety provoking. Um, the kids get upset. You don't want them to be uncomfortable, but these symptoms are here for a reason. And if we continue to tell the body, no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. There's a lot of internal mayhem that goes on. Mm. It gets very confusing for the immune system. The sicknesses will come back and they will come back worse if we don't allow them to run their course. So I think that's the number one rule. Now, with that being said, there's no shame in going to the doctor. You know your kid better than anyone. If your kid is acting different than a normal sickness, take your kid to the doctor, take your kid to the pediatrician. Um, 
it's extremely important too that there's no shame. I think in our crunchy mom circle, there's sometimes shame in taking our kids to the pediatrician. Like, oh, why couldn't I For fix sure. it at home? My oils and my remedies and stuff. Um, there's no shame in it at all. They're there for a reason. And, and sometimes, you know, our mom instinct is just like, this isn't right. I mm. think we need to be seen. Um, a really good situation of that is um, I know a woman a year or two ago who um, is just a really good example of like listening to her mom instinct. Her kid, she and her husband got COVID, but her children did not. And about two weeks after her, they recovered from COVID, her three-year-old started having really weird viral symptoms. Mm. And we were all like, oh, he's just sick with a virus. Like, it's no big deal. But she was like, it's just something isn't right. Something isn't right. He's not acting like he normally does when he's sick. And so I said, take him in. And so they took him in. And within a few hours, he was in the ICU because he had mm. um, MISC. It's a, um, an inflammatory response to the COVID virus, but it's not COVID. So it's when oh, wow. in children, it's very rare. It's usually in children. It's from exposure to COVID, but it's not COVID. Um, his organs literally started to be inflamed and he oh. was, it can be fatal and it has killed children. So by her listening to her maternal instinct, when he was just showing viruses, like viral symptoms, she saved his life. So there's absolutely no shame in going to the doctor. Always listen to your instinct. You know how your kid acts when they're sick. No one else does. So with that being said, <laughs> that was my spiel. Um, we're going to all get sick. It's normal. We have to rest, hydrate, whole food sources of vitamin C. That's why oranges and grapefruits and vitamin C high foods are seasonally available in the winter because they assist us in these things. Um, keeping the body warm and rested. And those are the most for sure important um, things. But I think the biggest takeaway is don't be afraid to go to the doctor and try not to suppress the symptoms if you can. Um, there's a lot of other ways to help pain and aches and um, coughing and things like that. And they can be more natural, um, but allowing these symptoms to come out, um, allowing the coughing to come out and the mucus to come out and the vomiting to happen really assists them so much more in the long run. Um, they will become much sturdier children much faster um, than if they're constantly having these natural healing symptoms suppressed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there are two, you know, there's plenty of, if, if we're not like, you don't want to get every like pellet under the sun or something like that. There are, you know, like combo ones that you can get for like little in water droppers for kids and stuff like that, that are, you know, just to like help their bodies process. It's not going to mass symptoms. They're still going to be leaking snot all over the place, but, um, just like some productive yeah. things there. that's always really nice. Um, yeah. when our kids are older, it's and awesome. honey is always you... great. Hmm. Yeah. And some things that you absolutely can do could be like a humidifier or a steamy shower to help open the airways. You can get, um, uh, you can make like a homemade chest rub with like coconut oil and eucalyptus and lemon. Lemon can be really helpful to drain mucus. Um, you can make onion packs for their feet or their chest to help with coughs. And again, quick Google searches have a lot of great recipes for these things. Um, it's a really good resource that way. Epsom salt baths, um, whole food vitamin C. If they don't want to eat, the only vitamin C supplement I really recommend would be by Global Healing. It's a very clean and whole food source of vitamin C. Um, what else? 
bone broth is great. Again, if they don't want to eat, don't worry about it. Just really focus on hydration um, more so. Um, my kids really like orange juice and coconut water together. Uh, it's not warming, obviously, but it does keep them very well hydrated. You can add a little bit of sea salt for extra minerals that are going to be depleted when they're sick. Um, chamomile tea with honey for kids over one. And babies can take chamomile as well. That's really um, good for them. Like you can steep some chamomile tea and give um, young babies little sips of it. Um, it can be very calming to their nervous system and for symptoms. Um, babies over one can have a little bit of honey in it. My kids like that too. So there are definitely things you can do to help comfort them. You don't just not comfort them, um, but the symptoms really need to be able to uh, produce results. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you have three boys. What do you think? What are some calm? What are some cuddly activities um, that we can do when we're sick that are alternatives to screen time? And what's up with yeah. screen time and sickness and immune response? Tell us more about that. Yeah. So screen time definitely does not help anything um, when we're sick for our immune systems. However, no shame if your kids need a little extra screen time when they're sick, like don't fret about it. We have jobs, we have other things to do while their kids are sick. So don't, you know, really stress about it, but I do encourage them to get outside. So like I will, I have some like sidewalk paint or sidewalk chalk that sometimes I'll bust out when my kids need to be kind of forced to go outside a little bit if they're not mm, feeling great. Yeah. Um, my kids can go outside and play for hours, but if they're sick, they want to lay on the couch and watch TV. So I'll, you know, I'll ha I will have my special things that only I kind of take out when they're sick and encourage mm -hmm. them. To and that usually involves some like sidewalk paint, sidewalk chalk. It'll go out and that way they can sit on their butts outside too and play, um, go to target and get some crafts or like I said, some paint. Um, I got my kids, some. Um, pumpkins like acrylic pumpkins at target that light up and they really enjoyed painting those the other day when they didn't feel well stuff like that just kind of get creative um encourage them to go outside and sit in the sun and do something mellow it can help a lot to break up the day and break up the screen time for sure yeah that's a great idea i like that having a little um some kind of sickness outside tools in your back pocket that you can pull out that are exciting to them that's sweet mm -hmm. or like um, for instance, sometimes when my kids are sick, they like to take baths and sometimes they don't, but I really want to encourage them to get in the warm bath with some Epsom salt. So I actually have some bath toys that I don't regularly give them and I'll bust them out when they're sick and I want them to stay in the bath for a longer period of time. Oh, that's a great hack. I love that. Yep. Um, my son hates bubbles. Uh, I don't know if it's a phase or whatever it is. Like he just like, he really hates it. And so like when he was not feeling well, I like had a little cup of salt and like magnesium flakes and stuff. And, um, I just had to like over my shoulder when he wasn't looking. Cause I was like, this kid's going to freak out. Like just when the water is rising and it's naturally, you know, causing little bubbles to so be like, mama, you put bubbles. Like, no, God. Um, but I kind of love it. He's a, he's a purist with his baths. Um, how should we help our kiddos reintegrate? I feel like that's a really hard thing, um, after sickness, especially like you said, you know, we have jobs, we have, um, responsibilities and, um, sometimes, you know, we're not, we're not in a position to, to keep them home with us forever, but, um, how can we kind of help them reintegrate and kind of ease that transition? I think definitely kind of what you said about an earlier bedtime for a bit, that would be really nice. Yeah, I think, um, 
honing in more so on the foundations. Like I, I know I keep mentioning it, but really that's just so important. Sleep, earlier bedtimes. Like I said in the beginning, there's a low in the immune system when we have are recovering from a sickness. That's why you see the kids like getting beat like on nonstop for a while until they get out of that. Um, because your immune system is just a little weak when you've been sick. So they go back to school, they get another, they get another bug. So, um, and that's not to say like, they're, they're going to need to go back to school and daycare and that's totally normal. But yeah, like you mentioned a little bit earlier bedtime, really cutting back on added sugar. It makes a huge difference. So like the little treats here and there that we give our kids, not a big deal. I really cut back on those and cold and flu season. I'm super strict from like October till like February. And with my added sugar, with my kids, um, added sugar season perfectly coincides with flu season for a reason. It's a perfect storm of more indoor time, less sunshine, more added sugar because from Halloween to Christmas, it's just a sugary mess. So really yeah. pulling, pulling that back, um, can help a ton. Um, but it is an inevitable that, when our kids' immune systems are down, they probably will get kicked again. And it's just kind of the way it is. So do the best you can um, with those foundations and um, try to just, you know, um, keep in mind that you will come out on the other end. For sure. For sure. And I mean, since it, we just brought it up, let's talk Halloween hacks really quick since it just came up. Um, so of course we love, you know, the communal aspect for our little ones, but I know you have a good strategy for kind of dealing with all the Halloween candy. Can you share that with us? Yeah. So, um, I let my kids trick or treat, you know, uh, like every other kid, they love it so much, but honestly, they love the aspect of going to people's houses dressed up and like seeing people's reactions. Oh, look, it's Spider-Man or whatever. They really do it way more for that than the candy. So they come home with all the candy and I let them pick a couple piece. Like they had, they can have one small piece that evening. Um, and then I might save a couple pieces, um, for the next few weeks, small pieces. And then the rest, um, I donate or throw away and they pick whatever toy they want. Um, from Target within reason, of course, not like crazy toys, but you know, um, magnet they, tiles. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, they pick a toy they want from Target and it, we make it a fun thing where they, we get to go and pick something out. So they really like that more than the candy itself. And as long as they get like a little taste of chocolate or something, they're totally fine. But there's just this, you know, the binging of the candy. Yeah. <laughs> as we go into flu and cold and flu season, but it doesn't just stop there. So even if you do want, if you are okay with your child kind of going crazy on Halloween night, stop it there. Mm. Stop it there. Don't let it leak into the weeks. Cause you know that Halloween candy just hangs around your house for weeks. Yes. Um, don't let it linger into the next weeks. Same with any holiday though, that has a lot of sugar involved Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving, whatever, let them eat it and then stop it there. Don't let it leak into the following weeks. That can help a lot as well with um, immune system function and just basic health. So yeah, I, my suggestion for Halloween is definitely a switch witch type thing is that they can have a piece, they enjoy it, and then they get a toy. Um, if your kid is older, not into toys, figure out what is fun for them. Mm -hmm. um, they want a day at the trampoline park to trade, you know. A, you yeah, know, that's a good idea. It can be an experience. An experience. Mm -hmm. thing you're trading the candy in for. 
Okay, very cool. I like that. So they're trading in their candy. And yeah, sometimes you can look it up too. If there's a pediatric dentist near you, sometimes they have um, like Halloween programs where you can bring in um, your candy there. So that can be really helpful. Um, what was I going to say? I don't know. But yeah, we should definitely do yes. Yeah, switch which that is uh, that's a mouthful. I feel like it's like an ice cream sandwich or something. But yeah, I think that I think that's wonderful. And sometimes, too, it is nice to give our kids a uh, choice. Like when you were talking, I was like, I bet I could just get like a Justin's peanut butter cup. And then I could be like, this is the one you have. And I just like slide it in there. And it's like, that's not that's not fun. Like, let them pick, you know, have one thing, whatever. It's not going to ruin everything. And then they have that autonomy, which is nice. I think that is an issue with their crunchy mom circles, too, is that it's like there's complete deprivation from mm -hmm. these things. I think that's not healthy either. Yeah. Um, I there's nothing wrong with a child um, having a piece of candy and then moving on from it. It's healthy mentally. It's not a big deal. And there's a lot of shame. Like you let your kid have, you know, red dye 40 on a daily basis. No, you won't find that in my house. But if they want to pick a little thing of Skittles to have on Halloween, it's fine. Like it's totally fine. Um, there is an element of balance that we really do need to embrace in the crunchy mom because we're getting a little judgy and yeah. Uh, and, and restrictive is just leading to, to eating issues with our kiddos. It, it absolutely is. And I have seen it with my friends now that we're in our thirties that we're realizing I have, um, a certain friend who was very deprived in her youth. Her parents are still very strict about eating, uh, way more ahead of their time for like a family in the eighties or nineties, mm -hmm. uh, very, very restrictive. And she went off to college and went absolutely crazy and is now dealing with a lot of weight loss issues, weight issues and eating mm -hmm. issues. We don't want that for our children. We want them to be, be healthy and be able to make choices because they, they know this is the healthier option, which makes them feel better, not have anything to do with weight, but feel better, uh, and grow better and, um, do better in school. But it really is not about complete deprivation. That is going to blow up in our faces one day. Yeah, I completely agree. I know when um, I was little, I'm half Lebanese, and my dad told me that um, garbanzo beans would make me jump higher. Um, and it was like, honestly, a hilarious incentive to get me to eat them. And I love garbanzo beans, but I still think about it as an adult, just like grabbing, like trying it. I think it's so hard sometimes when you make something, you make something that you know your child will love that's really delicious, but aesthetically, you know, it's not exactly a combination of foods they've seen before or whatever. And you're looking at it like, oh, like I completely see this from your perspective that it's a little scary um so I think I mean that was kind of a yeah. random that was a random thing but if you actually do want to pair it to um the science behind it and the nutrition of what you're giving and, and what it is helpful for with your kids that is a really cool thing too um I know my son even at like two and a half um gets excited when he eats when he's eating different foods and he'll say you know like mommy I'm eating vitamins um Right. Yeah, which is so cute. So he's like eating broccoli or like a bell pepper or whatever. And because he like my husband and I are taking supplements, he like wants to take it. And we're like, you are. And this is vitamins. So it's like the cutest thing. Yeah. That's really good. That's good of you to do that. Good job. Oh, thanks. Yeah. No, this was about a pat on the back. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much, Wendy. I feel like this is all so useful. Anything else that you want to leave us with um, for our kind of cold and flu season tips? And now also, I do appreciate the kind of holiday sweets integration that we tied in here. Yeah, we definitely had a couple of little tangents there. But um, I think the biggest takeaway is um, 
to not fear sickness. We have to get over this fear and panic around sickness um, to know that our children will come out on the other side sturdier if we give their bodies the support that they need um, versus suppressing. And um, yeah, there's no shame in it. All of our kids, whether it be at six months in a daycare or six years old in first grade, all our kids are going to go through it. You can avoid it or you can just embrace it and look at it as healing symptoms is what I try to call it. And um, we're all doing the best we can. So no judgment and we're all going to make it through. We're all going to have good, healthy adult children. God bless. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Wendy. I appreciate you coming on again. Thank you. Anytime. I, you know, I always love to talk about. (laughs) If you like this podcast, please download, share, and review so that we can continue to share our mission more widely and support even more women and women-owned businesses on their wellness journey and self-care journey. You can also find us at www.orthopelvicpt.com, on Instagram and YouTube at orthopelvicpt, and on TikTok at orthopelvicpt1. At orthopelvicpt, we are primarily pelvic health therapists that practice treating hip pain, low back pain, leakage, postpartum, pregnancy, pubic symphysis dysfunction, prolapse, tailbone pain, and the list goes on and on. Whether you are struggling with acute pain or chronic issues, we would love to chat with you and recommend the next steps of just giving us a call and we'd love to chat today. Thank you.